Hello, friends, and welcome back. Um, those of you living up here in the northern uh, hemisphere, um, I, I know you feel my pain here. Oh my god, spring. Where the hell is it? Um, yeah. It, I just, I have no words. I'm just so over winter. I mean, I definitely enjoy some aspects of it, but right now, this little, like, little hint of spring, and then you take it away from us by bringing more snow is total BS. Total BS, Mother Nature. And I definitely have a bone to pick with that stupid little groundhog who promised me in early spring back in February. But um, anyways, it's, I hold on and long for those spring and summer months. I, you know, I basically, I envy you that get to enjoy that year long or year round, I should say. Um, I mean, I guess you're probably envious of me enjoying some snow at the Christmas season, but just know it's it's backbreaking and it's heart aching <laughs> for lack of a better word um and um you know essentially i'm longing for those spring and summer months so basically the only thing i have in the meanwhile um that i can essentially long uh, watch and enjoy and feel that i'm a part of is is watching my summer favorites and those that take place you know during the summer months um one of which i i stumbled across and i totally forgotten about and i remember enjoying it immensely so um you know i was really excited to revisit it with you guys so uh you know let's take a little walk down memory lane Oh, early 2000 trailers. They're such bullshit. <laughs> and I mean that. They're just terrible. Um, essentially, it's 
no better than uh, an iMovie template. <laughs> um, that's right, folks. We're looking at Wrong Turn. Um, when it came out in 2003, I was obsessed with it. I thought it was freaking awesome, and we'll dive into why. Um, but before we do, I just I got to talk about the trailer because it's just so bad. Um, so, like I said, total template. Um, but I guess for the time, you know, this would have been huge. Um, when you watch it, there is total reuse of the same movie footage uh, quite a bit, which is, is kind of astou- astounding. Um, and um, I got to just add, like I said, I loved this movie when it first came out. And so early, early me, um, and I don't want to state how old I am on here, um, but uh, essentially... I um I loved this movie so much that I used what early version of LimeWire we had um and downloaded the trailer with dial up. So you can imagine for those of you that understand what that means, that took fucking forever. <coughs> and um yeah, I remember watching this trailer uh, uh during my computer lab time. <clears throat> at school, which uh, essentially, I'm sure, alerted my teachers and terrified them all at the same time. So, diving into it, Wrong Turn is, a, like I said, from 2003, and those of you that don't know, of course, it's a horror film, and it was directed by Rob Schmidt um, and written by Alan B. Uh, McElroy, and the film stars Desmond Harrington, Elisa, Alicia Sorry, guys, tongue tied. Eliza Dushku, uh, Emmanuel uh, Shikru, um, Jeremy Sisto, and Kevin Zeggers, as well as a few others, and we'll dive into who. But um, essentially, it filmed on a very small budget, considering $12.6 million, and it ended up grossing just under $30 million, uh, 28.7 to be exact. Um, and, it, you know, basically, it's the first installment in a film series that would spawn several sequels um, and uh, a couple standalone prequels. Um, you know, so pretty interesting, considering, you know, it's definitely not that great a movie. So those of you who don't know what Wrong Turn is, essentially it's that kind of gimmicky, gimmick plot line of, you know, college kids um, kind of meeting in uh, worse circumstances. So essentially we're following this one uh, medical student. Um, and uh, essentially he's uh, planning, um, you know, traveling to meet, or the sorry, trying to read my notes here. But essentially, we have a group of college students. They're planning on going rock climbing. So, or there was some rock climbers in the beginning that we see. Essentially, we see some something terrible happen to them, and then essentially, you know, we cut off to see our medical student, Chris Flynn or Desmond Tarrington, my early 2000s crush, um, thanks to the movie Ghost Ship, um, essentially driving through the mountains of West Virginia, and he's trying to get to a business meeting. Um, essentially, he stops at a gas station, asks for directions, and he tells him to go down Bear Mountain Road, where he ends up colliding with a stopped car whose um, car tires had been punctured. So he realizes that this is a group of college students, and they're about to go on a camping trip. Uh, so we have Jesse, Carly, Scott, Evan, and Francine, essentially a little like group off of couple and a couple friends. Um, and f- as they realize that it's been punctured on purpose, there was barbed wire left on the road. Um, that essentially, you know, Francine and Evan decide to stay and watch the cars while the rest grow, go off to figure out what's going on. Of course, typical teenage, you know, 
trope here, I guess, um, they engage in sexual activity, which of course ends in their demise. You know, no, no other way to say it. Typical to Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Don't do it, folks, because you're going to be killed. Um, but essentially, uh, they're murdered by a huge mutant figure, similar to the ones we saw earlier with the college students who were rock climbing. And um, essentially, the others are, you know, wandering through the woods, a lot of kind of funny dialogue back and forth. Um, and they end up discovering this isolated cabin, go inside to see if there's a phone, see if they can talk to someone, and are horrified to find human body parts, um, you know, in the fridge, hanging about, and, you know, they attempt to escape, but however, are forced to hide when the occupants return home. Now, these three horribly disfigured, cannibalistic mutant men, um, essentially, they're huge disgusting so you can figure out where a lot of the budget went because when you see the movie it's it's definitely in the special effects to make these guys look with look at how they uh, the, sorry guys i can't seem to speak english today um you know essentially using that special effects makeup create these characters and have them you know look the way they do so essentially i, I didn't realize until i started kind of looking into the film a little more that they actually have names so um we have three finger uh sawtooth and uh, one eye um, I guess that helped things in the script, but, um, cause to me that you really can't figure out much more. They all just grunt and look at each other other than the one that like has that evil cat call that I cannot even mimic. Um, but essentially, you know, they could return horrified to, um, you know, the others to see Francine's dead body <clears throat> and they're hiding and just, they watch her basically be dismembered and eaten. So, the cannibals fall asleep after a long meal, and the group attempts to escape. However, the cannibals awaken and chase them through the forest. Um, and, of course, they run into a clearing where they find hundreds of cars that belong to previous victims. And at this point, Chris gets shot in the leg by Sawtooth. And, um, of course, he survives, ties it off. But Scott, you know, creates some sort of, this sort of diversion while the other three escape. And Sally, just as he's getting close to the car is shot in the uh, the chest with an arrow. So Jesse, Carly, and Chris are only or kind of our final three, and they stumble upon an old watchtower to discover radio inside, which they try to use to call for help but have no response. So the cannibals, of course, hear them and or well, they arrive and uh, and hear them because the radio starts responding to the students' call. And unable to get inside, they set the tower on fire to burn the group alive. The students, of course, try escaping um, through this kind of subsequent chase. Three Finger catches Carly and decapitates which I gotta say, pretty awesome decapitation. Pretty terrible CGI because it's very early, but it's like right at the jawline, which is uh, yeah pretty unique so um jesse and chris are final to escape you can see the budding romance here um and of course for early you know really me who had a huge crush on chris desmond harrington oh, i wanted the cannibals to take out jesse but now watching it, it i don't care <laughs> <coughs> to be entirely honest but um pretty funny stuff <laughs> thinking back so, um, anyways, they uh, take refuge in this waterfall and, um, you know, essentially they kind of confess this, you know, we're not going to make it out back and forth, sort of typical, typical bullshit, <laughs> I guess. But um, Chris, of course, um, you know, they decide they're going to get out and um, they manage to, of course, 
escape and um at this point, as they're walking around, the cannibals find them, which essentially pushing Chris down the hill and taking Jesse. It, it, it essentially, they, there's like a bunch of commotion, which pushes Chris down the hill and they end up taking Jesse captive and they're taking her back to the cabin. So Chris, of course, survives the fall, meets a police officer. But at the time, the police officer shot in the eye with an arrow, falls dead. So Chris, Chris hitches a ride under the truck of the cannibal um, and dri- is driven back to the cabin by Sawtooth. And he sees Jesse's tied to a bed and gay. So, of course, he drives through the cabin, runs into one eye, untying Jesse, and proceeding to fight the cannibals together. They escape. Um, Chris kills the cannibals by blowing up the cabin. And the pair drives out of the forest with the cannibal's pickup truck and stumbles upon um, Maynard to take the map nearby. Which is kind of like one of those iconic funny scenes of just tearing down the map and walking off. Um, and uh, in the post credit scene, of course, a deputy sheriff investigating the remains of the, of the destroyed cabin, you know, essentially he arrives and laughing insanely, we hear a three-finger who survived the explosion rise to attack the deputy and onwards to a whole bunch of shitty remakes. <laughs> Pardon me. So, um... The cast and um, kind of this mismatch of early 2000 actors um, who later, you know, if you know your pop culture, you're going to see these guys pop up. So uh, Desmond Harrington, uh, of course, we'd see later in Dexter, Alicia Dushki, Dushku, however the fuck you pronounce it, um, Jesse, I mean, she was really popular at the time. I wonder what happened to her. And then I guess a couple kind of B-rated TV shows. Um, Emmanuel, um, sh- I have no idea how to pronounce that. Um, Carly, uh, essentially, I never saw her again. Don't know what happened. Uh, Jeremy Sisto as Scott. I remember he popped up at a couple features, sort of here and there. Oh, pardon me. I guess the alarm just went off. Um, And, uh, I mean, sort of this mix match. Now, the special effects guys, I really have no idea who they are. The only one I really know of is Bill Mosley and... He's mint, he's the best, but he's not in this film whatsoever. So a couple wannabe Bill Mosley's. And, um, you know, some mismatched actors here and there. But they all come together, you know, to create a... Take what is pretty much a bullshit feature. Make something pretty decent. Now, looking into this, apparently there's quite the soundtrack. I don't recall when I even watching it again, much of a soundtrack to it. I mean, there's definitely some sort of uh, instrumental background to, you know, pick up some sort of the more... Uh, tense thriller like scenes um but i don't recall much of this and you'll see a track listing a commercial track listing um when you look up the film that i really do not see or get because if it is the only one i recognize is queens of the stone age and the rest just sounds kind of like 90s grunge now reception wise i enjoyed it Rewatching it it was okay Looking at our lovely uh, reports coming in as uh, reviewers, did not like it. (laughs) It's about 41%. Um, But, you know, considering it has so many sequels and prequels, I mean, it ends up making money. So in the realm of Hollywood, it's doing well. So, I mean, it's, it's... not artistic in any way. It's literally just one of those features. It's a gore, spill, and thrill kind of feature. But it's admittedly entertaining nonetheless now um essentially you know some of the reviews were pretty funny um one of the but essentially looking at the consensus an unremarkable slasher flick that fails to distinguish itself from all others of its ilk and um 
yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, when you look at it, it's really nothing special. So conclusion, wrapping up my thoughts. I mean, considering it really is a bullshit feature, it turned into quite the phenomenon. And that being said, you, you got to give it props. You got to give it credit. Um, this is coming out of what I consider the golden age of horror and, you know, the early 2000s. So in comparison, it's shit to what was coming out at the time. You've got Hostile, you've got Saw, but at the time, like if you were to put it up in comparison to some of the features coming out now, this would probably be fairly good considering. I mean, I mean, it would probably be an instant Netflix hit, but still probably get enough viewings on Netflix to, uh, to make another sequel, prequel, whatever the case may be. Now, um, essentially we've got a basic idea, cannibals, hillbillies, you know, we're in the woods and very, um, you know, reminiscence to me of the Burt Reynolds classic deliverance, but it's on speed. It's, you know, just that little bit more with the cannibals and just no rape. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> it's just uncomfortable. Now, um, the film sequels, prequels, I can't say that they do this one justice, let alone that I've seen them. I may have watched a trailer here or there, but I recognize crap when it's presented in front of me, no matter how much tinfoil we wrap around it. So there's just no way in hell I'd be watching it. Um, so uh, as always, guys, I got to wrap up here. So thank you all for listening. Um, always reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter, however you feel uh, comfortable. You know, leave a review on iTunes. You know, it makes me feel legitimate like I'm doing something um and uh as always guys you know thank you from the bottom of my heart you mean the world to me and um you know just kind of speaking of the world I just have to say with the world's current events and tragedies going on um my heart goes out to each and every single one of you you know in these times even myself I have to be remind myself of this you know it's the world's already so dark. We need to spread love, peace. And, you know, from that, we there can be unity. Um, and it, it just boggles my mind that at the end of the day, you know, we are truly all one and the same. Um, and, you know, it just, so much hate. It just oh, really breaks my heart and, and brings a tear to my eye. So, Thinking of each and every single one of you, um, you know, who are affected by current events um, and that my heart definitely is with each and every single one of you. So stay strong, guys. Um, So uh, wrapping up, as always, keep calm, stay creepy.